Awesome. Yay. So nice to see you guys all back for this afternoon. So we're going to pick up where we left off on this presentation. Um, I did adjust the slides on this computer and then realized I needed this computer to speak. And then it was just, it was the barriers, the tech barriers were too great. So yeah, just keep going. Great, great. This is where we've been. This is where we've been. Oh yeah. Okay, cool. So we left off with um, reality and now we're moving more into... Um, I guess what I really want to bring this afternoon is that um, in the beginning, God created the world and set us in a garden to care for it and to be cared for by it. And that um, a number of theologians talk about how, um, I guess, the image of, of God and that story is still kind of written into us. And that Jesus came proclaiming the kingdom and inviting us to um, like go back into that story and to live into that reality. Um, and not into the one of um, corruption from sin. And so um, today we're going to um, explore more that like beautiful, I guess, imprint of God in us and the ongoing call that God has for us. And um, as part of the session, another a bunch of other people are going to get up and share some cool stuff that's happening. You guys are going to have the chance to participate in some things as well as be empowered for um, some choices and some actions going forward. Cool? Awesome. So great. Um, so I want to read a couple of quotes to you guys. This is um, one from Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis, um, which speaks this idea of, of longing, um, which is kind of bound up with hope. So it says, The Christian says, Creatures are not born with desires unless satis satisfaction for those desires exist. A baby feels hunger. Well, there is such a thing as food. A duckling wants to swim. Well, there is such a thing as water. People feel sexual desire. Well, there is such a thing as sex. If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. If none of my earthly pleasures satisfy it, that does not prove that the universe is a fraud. Probably earthly pleasures were never meant to satisfy it, but only to provoke it, to suggest the real thing. If that is so, I must take care, on the one hand, never to, dis to despise, or to be unthankful for these earthly blessings, and on the other, never to mistake them for something else, which they are only a copy of, an echo, or a mirage. I must keep alive in myself the desire for my true country, which I shall not find until death. I must never let it get snowed under or turned aside. I must make it the main object of life to press into that country and help others to do the same. And so... I was, I was reading this quote and I was thinking about um, when I was a kid and um, would see on our little boxy TV screen um, footage of other kids um, around the world who were going hungry. And I would say to my family, I was like, man, we have leftovers. Can't my leftovers go to them? And I think all of us will have stories of that, whether from kids that you've been in contact with or memories of your own of being like, it just doesn't make sense that injustice that we see in the world just doesn't make sense to us um, and I think that is um, that sense of like this doesn't make sense this is not right there this shouldn't be the way things are is God's um, kind of imprint on our hearts and to recapture that where we become um, muted or kind of numb to that is really really important um, in this ongoing journey of um living in to the fullness of God's kingdom and um, that being a kind of circle back to the way things were created to be in the beginning. 
Um, and I think a really important part of that is what Scotty shared with us yesterday around creation being a text for us and being um, something that we can read, something that we can learn from, and it being a koha, something that we can revel in and experience as a gift. And so what is, I think, super important in um, keeping us alive in the space is the practice of wonder. Um, and the Psalms are full of um, people going out and marveling at the heavens and marveling at God's power in the world. And that um, practice of reading creation and engaging with God through that is super important for us to grow our care and to grow our um, sense of like, I'm actually connected to this. I really care about it. It's beautiful. It matters to me. And so I've got a stake in this to keep turning us back into caring. Um, because a number of the ways we um, we have ended up living has um, unpicked our care. Like I, I keep using the example of the glass of water. Like if I had to go down to the Waikanae River to collect water, to drink and to bathe with and to share with people, I would care a lot more than I do right now, right? Because if something bad happened to that, it would affect me straight away. And we have been um, removed, like distanced from those connections. So the way we've built up bigger and bigger um, societies has created distance between our environments and us. There's some other bro that looks after that. There's some other lady that looks after those things around whether the water's all good, how it gets there, what are the pipes doing. Like someone else is more connected to that than me. We've given each other different jobs. And that's cool, but it means we have to work really hard to re connect ourselves and so wonder is super important for connection is super important for care is super important to return us to um I guess right relationship with creation um there's this beautiful um quote that um we had up on the wall at, at Kensington Street House a few years ago which is um by G.K. Chesterton which is around <laughs> Um, where he's speaking about the wonder and the joy of things and the way children are just champions at this. Um, and I'm going to read that one to you now. It says, Because children have abounding vitality, because they are in spirit fierce and free, therefore they want things repeated and unchanged. They always say, do it again! And the grown-up person does it again until he is nearly dead. For grown-up people are not strong enough to exult in monotony. But perhaps God is strong enough to exalt in monotony. It is possible that God says every evening, do it again to the sun. And every, every morning, do it again to the sun. And every evening, do it again to the moon. It may not be automatic necessity that makes all daisies alike. It may be that God makes each daisy separately, but has never gotten tired of making them. It may be that he has the eternal appetite of infancy for we have sinned and grown old and our father is younger than we and I think that sense of um, we have to stay young in our spirit we have to stay young in our heart um, and we have to be awake and um, there's some people like nodding in the room and so we need to um, we need to get around little people to teach us this and we need to get around other people that are just like more more gifted to, to show us this and we need to get around um, spaces of beauty and, and put ourselves um, aside from busyness and whatever other distractions to really like pay attention and practice this 
um, as, a, as a spiritual discipline, as a way of life, individually and together. And I think this is really important. Um, there's the scripture I read from Romans 8 earlier said, we have sinned and fallen short of the glory, um, but we are called to be co-heirs. Um, the Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs with God and co-heirs with Christ. And um, the sense of God as um, like one that is in essence love, like we need to rekindle our relationship of love with God's world and with one another. So challenge there. I want, um, this is why we held out to um, get the Wi-Fi going. David's going to pull up a little video now, um, which is from a movie I saw a few years ago um, called Notes on Blindness. So um, the vibe of the movie, has anyone seen this? So good, Sissy. Um, it's an Australian guy who was going blind and he recorded in his like dictaphone his experience of doing that. And then in the movie, they um, took his like actual audio recording and they made a movie around it. So it's his actual voice. Um, so we're just gonna watch a bit of this. So this is him. Um, yeah, I just think it's so beautiful. such a great film and this scene just so has stuck with me that um this man and his experience of connecting with the world in a different way was so like struck by the beauty of rain um yeah so I bring that as just a like encouragement to wonder
So good, Jess. And so why, why all this in relation to what we talked about this morning? And I think, um, I think the reason is because um, we need to keep taking hold of the, like, the big why um, so that when it's really hard to look at reality, we can keep, um, like, keep ourselves fueled for the journey and that practices of joy and practices of wonder and practices of reconnecting um, to what is here and now is, is really, really important. Um, yeah, and I think is, is sacred and is just something we're invited to um, practice. And so I gave you guys the song, Oh Happy Day, <laughs> to go away with this morning. And I think um, like that line of like, um, he taught me how to live rejoicing. And I think that Jesus wants to teach us how to live rejoicing each day, even when there is new struggles in the day, that there is invitations from Jesus um, to learn how to live rejoicing. And um, I think that our world, man, it's just, I'm just looking at this tree outside, just blowing in the breeze. It's like, whoa, it's so beautiful. Um, <laughs> yeah, our world is um, a place where God is speaking to us of that. And so um, going from this now into like what, what do we do to live rejoicing and to, to fight, to care for our planet in the face of um, so much destruction and so much trouble? Um, and what I want to bring as a challenge for us in terms of, um, I guess, two, two broad categories, I think, um, around like where we choose to apply our energy and our creativity in terms of our vocations Um is I think that some people, um, the way that they are wired is to imagine new things and to imagine new possibilities. And um, we have got where we are because people imagined and dreamt of trains and big cities and um, ways of living that we currently do. And we, we need to imagine and build new ways of doing life. And so for people who are um, out-of-the-box thinkers, people who are creative, this is... This is your time, <laughs> and people are looking for creative solutions. And I think another broad category of people that we have um, are organizers. Um, and pe if you're an organizer, um, this is your time. We need to organize around those ideas and help them to get off the ground and to move forward. And if you're someone um, who is drawn to caring for things um, that are broken or caring for um, what is um, and tending to that, there is much that needs your care. Um, it really was like so holy to me to be able to just like repair some stuff this afternoon. Like I'm so such a repair person and um, God's like has speak, spoken to me repeatedly through about their heart for repair and for restoration of things through that passion. Um, I've shared this story before but a number of years ago, I was in new to Wellington and God gave me this revelation of their, um, them being like a secondhand furniture, like um, kind of repair person and that the world was full of kind of broken down furniture that God was like, I'm going to like sand that back and varnish that up and stitch that up and like this is still good and that God's work is to restore things. And then the next day, I saw this couch that someone had thrown out on the street and I was wrecked <laughs> and I was like, the couch! I was like the heart of the Lord, and um, and and so I called my friend who owed me a favor, 
And um, I was like, hey, can you bring your car? I like need to rescue this couch. And I was there like protecting it until my friend came. And Pete from the free store like cycled up and started like riddling to me and like channeling, channeling away and like bringing all this, this outrageous chat. I was like 18, which is like, didn't know what was happening, but I was like, we've got to get this couch. Um, anyway, so got the couch and like attempted to restore it in my like mediocre, terrible skills. But we did use it for a number of years in a flat. And um, it was just so like, God so put on my heart the desire to mend things, and um, and so yeah, I just feel passionately about that. And creativity for me has always um, worked better based on like seeing what there is, and then being like, how do we make things better from what there there is? Um, with some people, just the the blank page of possibility that's better for them. So I would love for you guys maybe just to take a moment and to share with the person next to you how do you feel like you're wired. Um, in terms of those three categories, being someone that loves to organize, being someone that cares for um, like what is broken or someone that wants to imagine new ways. Just quickly, which one of those do you feel like you connect with most? Actually, David, could you go one slide up? That'd be awesome. Cool. All right, fam, we'll just bring it back in. Bring it back, bring it back. Um, so, good. So, we're going we're gonna to get down to the facts now of how this actually plays out. So, um, climate change is provoked um, largely by fossil fuels. A lot of that is... Um, carbon dioxide, some other ones of that is methane. Um, and those are kind of like the big two. And because a lot of things that we do, um, like emit those things, like those things, when you add them together, are what you can call like your footprint. So your cumulative impact from this stuff. And so, for example, we've got a couple of, a couple of things here. So um, replacing all red meat um, with chicken or pork for a week saves if you ate like meat in that week, 26 kgs of um, like CO2 emitted into the atmosphere. Um, if you're like really interested in the like science behind this, we can talk about it later. Um, come see me because not enough time to talk about it all right here. Um, but effectively, bringing this and bringing this chat around um, like what transport options we choose. This weekend with camp, um, we have avoided at least 300 kgs of CO2 going into the atmosphere from having one meat-free day. Yeah, 
I reckon, you know, give that a pucky pucky. That's good. Yeah. So with with that knowing, we, I would, would love for us to consider, like, what could that look like going forward for you? What does it look like for you to consider, if you're a meat eater, meat as a treat? What does it look like for you to consider what kind of meats you choose? I'll show you another slide soon that's, like, helpful around this. Um, because, yeah, red meat is, like, a lot more intensive um, in this space. Um, so we also picked the bus. Um, and from taking the bus up here, I, um, from the kind of number of us that got along and how many cars that would correlate to and how many kilometres it was from Wellington to El Rancho, we avoided about 200 kgs of um, CO2 going into the atmosphere um, just from that choice, which is pretty awesome. And then today we repaired some stuff. How many people repaired things? Bunch of people repaired stuff, so good. If you go to the next slide, David, jump in. Um, so you can see here, um, avoid buying one new polyester t-shirt saves 5.5 kgs. And avoiding buying one new cotton t-shirt saves 2.1 kgs. And so we probably saved just by everybody repairing a bunch of stuff. And if, if people had chosen to instead buy a new thing, instead of um, like just repairing their old thing, we've probably saved somewhere between like 30 to 150 kgs of things emitted into the atmosphere from like a real simple afternoon of repairing stuff. Um, and so this is like super practical that actually our individual choices do stack up. So that's like cumulatively about 750 kgs of CO2 that did not go into the atmosphere from some quite simple choices we made collectively this weekend. We made on your guys' behalf collectively for this weekend. <laughs> but you guys bought into it. And so um, it is the convenience principle. And so, you know, like we get these choices every day. And actually our individual choices do matter. Um, and so I want to just really encourage you guys. We'll come to some stuff around like, um, oh, should we do the individual stuff now? No, we'll come to that later. Um, yeah, just want to encourage you guys that um, collectively we make a difference together, but that, that collective is made up of individuals. So kia kaha with the choices you're making. Um, two other like cool little wins. One is that last year on the feedback form to El Rancho, I was like, you guys should have a compost. We keep taking the compost we make from the weekend away, um, but you guys should just put one in. And anyway, they did. So um, that was awesome. Um, and this year I was like, oh, we would love to like plant some trees, da-da-da. Um, and they were like, cool, we'll go buy some manuka trees. So they did, and they actually planted them yesterday, and we just missed the boat to, like, join them. But asked, and they were like, yeah, cool, kind of we've been thinking about that, but, like, we'll go get them. So I just want to say, all of you, by asking a question, all of us have a lot of networks of people, and maybe the people you're connected to aren't as kind as our rancho, but, like, actually just asking the question can make a difference. Um, yes. And just want to encourage you guys that um, across from new communities, we've already got some runs on the board in this space. So the one that I feel real excited about um, in terms of just like how these stats rack up is that 4% um, of New Zealand's total um, emissions profile comes from landfills. And about 80% of that is from pretty much food waste um, going to landfills. And so the Free Store, as a community that redistributes food and prevents food waste, um, it's actually doing like a really awesome job of that little sector um, lowering the emissions profile. 
And so this is something that's like already happening this week that people are returning to and that you guys, um, we can continue to uffy. You can volunteer at the free store and that is supporting um, lowering the climate impact. You can tell people about that. You can um, get along. You can take some of the leftover bread. You can give it to your neighbor. That's some stuff that's already happening. Out in um, Lyle Bay, you guys have the community garden and you guys are encouraging people through that action, both to learn how to garden, to participate, and to be inspired for what can happen. And that is significant. Um, up at the Two Todman space, you guys got the secondhand shop. As we saw, like every single less new thing actually does make quite a difference. And considering those choices actually does make a difference. Um, yeah, and at Blueprint, we've had a number of people who have been really um, formative in getting the carbon emission submissions over the last few years off the ground and going around visiting a number of churches. And so next weekend, there is another um, mission for submissions happening. And so if you want to really like take the fresh fire of being at camp, next Sunday morning, you have the chance to go out to um, a church community somewhere and to encourage them to submit on the emissions reduction plan. So we um, are going to kind of move, um, move now towards some practical things that are happening in this season, in this particular, like, six weeks that are really important for us to respond to. And I think with this, with this journey around climate change, like, this is a conversation we're having now, but it's not going to go away. But right now, there's real specific things that we can talk about that are particularly important. Just like um, when you're looking after a plant, Sometimes it's important to fertilize it. Sometimes it's important to water it. Sometimes, you know, like, and right now there's some specific stuff that we can, like, throw our weight behind that really matters. And so where are Hannah and Tessa chilling around? Oh, yeah, you guys are down there. Which order did we think was good to do? Do you want me to do emissions reduction first? Campaign and then emissions reduction. Great. So that's you guys. Awesome. Awesome. 